Well, I told you on Sunday that we would finish the uh, message that we began on Sunday, and so that's what we're going to do tonight. God has uh, just impressed upon uh, my heart uh, in just an incredible uh, fashion uh, that he wants to uh, totally turn some things around for the people of God in this coming year. Isn't that incredible? That God wants to to turn around some some situations in in the lives of his of his people. See, the good news is tonight you don't have to end uh, this year the same way you started it. Uh, you don't have to carry the same uh, burdens and endure the, the the same problems that you have been carrying and 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 enduring. Uh, God wants to turn things around for you, but but He needs your cooperation. He's not going to do it all by himself, but he needs your cooperation. Uh, he needs your involvement. He's going to do his part, but he expects you and I to do our part. And so God has impressed upon me to lay out a challenge, to lay out a challenge for all of us for this coming year. I'm, I'm calling it Challenge 2014. Tonight's challenge is a continuation of the challenge we started on Sunday, and that is the prayer challenge, the prayer challenge. See, the sad thing about it is Christians sing about prayer. They talk about prayer. They teach about prayer. They write books about prayer. Prayer, but who is really praying? I hate to even give this to you tonight, but statistics tell us that the average saint prays a whopping 60 seconds a day. 60 seconds a day, seven day, uh, seven minutes a week, 30 minutes a month. What is even more alarming to me than that is statistics tell us that the average pastor prays a whopping six minutes a day. No wonder the church is in the shape that she's in. No wonder the lives of the saints are in the shape they're in today. How many believe we need to be challenged in prayer? Now, this past Sunday, we talked about the purpose of prayer, and we talked about the process of prayer. I'm not going to rehash what I spent 40 minutes on Sunday, and everybody said, I was expecting thank you, but amen is good also. So we're going to jump right into point number three tonight, and that is, let's talk about the protest. The protest. You see, because prayer is so powerful, because it is so effective, 
Because of that, the devil will do everything in his power to stop us from praying. He'll throw up roadblocks. He'll tempt us with all kinds of detours. He'll provide us with every excuse in the book as to why we just do not have time to pray. Let me just, just for instance tonight, let me just suggest two of his many protests. The first one is pride. Some people don't pray because they see it as a weakness on their part. Prayer to them is admitting their weakness, admitting that they can't make it on their own, that they can't solve their own problems. And so these people, they grit their teeth and they bow their back and they declare that they don't need anybody, not even God. That they can make it on their own with no help from anyone. How foolish and immature. Humility doesn't reveal weakness. It reveals true strength. I love the story of Muhammad Ali who was at one time the greatest heavyweight professional boxer, probably one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. The story is told of him getting on an airplane. And as he was getting settled in his seat on on the plane, he refused to buckle his seatbelt. I mean, he's Muhammad Ali. And so when the flight attendant came over and told him, Sir, you have to buckle your seatbelt, Ali said to the flight attendant, Superman don't need seatbelt. The flight attendant said, You're right. And Superman don't need airplane. (laughs) Ali buckled up. None of us here tonight are Superman or Wonder Woman. Every single one of us here tonight need God's help, and God's help comes only one way, and that is through prayer. Did you know that God does absolutely nothing except as an answer to prayer? That every act of God, that everything that God does is a response to somebody's prayer. Prayer, I want you to get this tonight. Prayer is the energy that it takes to move God's hand of provision and God's hand of protection in the direction of our life. Prayer is the energy that moves God's hand. Here is God's hand. God's hand of provision. God's hand of protection. Here it is. But it is, it is prayer that is, the, that is the energy that moves the hand of God for his protection or his provision over our life. 
How many know that, that there's nothing more powerful, oh, than the hand of God? But the hand of God is moved by prayer. Amen? Amen. Don't forget point one of the message. Prayer is God's invitation into our lives and our particular situation. In Mark chapter 6, a very uh, familiar story, but a kind of an intriguing uh, story is also uh, uh, where Jesus is, you know, he's walking, the Bible said he's walking on top of the water towards the disciples. The disciples are in a boat in the midst of a storm, and here comes Jesus walking towards them on the water. Wow, that's awesome. That's incredible. That's unbelievable. But what is so intriguing to me is verse 48 where the Bible said that Jesus was coming to them, walking towards them, but the Bible said that he would have passed them by. Here are the disciples. Here they are in the midst of the storm. Here they are, fearful, afraid, wondering if they're going to even make it through the storm. Here comes Jesus, the solution to their problem, but he would I've just kept on walking and walked right on by. He would have passed them by, verse 48 says. The only reason why he didn't is because they invited him into their struggle. You see, only when we set our pride aside and invite Jesus into our struggle, only then will he show up because he's no intruder. He will not barge in. He will, he will respond. He will show up only if we invite him in. And prayer is the method of invitation. Notice another protest of prayer that, that Satan provides us with. That is priorities. Priorities. Here's what I know. We have time for what we make time for. It's funny to me, the very same men who don't have time for their wives are the very same men who found time for them when they were not their wives, but they were just their girlfriend. And they were trying to capture their heart. I love to play golf. Everybody knows I love to play golf. I don't fish. I don't hunt. I love to play golf. I'm going to play golf. Done deal. Going to be. Going to happen. So I do whatever I have to to make it happen. <laughs> I'm not biting on that baby. I'll come into work an hour, two hours early. I'll stay hour, two hours late. I'll work on my day off. I'll work in my office at home. I'll work on Saturday afternoon or morning, whenever the other time I'm not playing golf on Saturday. 
I'm going to play golf, so I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to let everything else drop. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my due diligence, but I'm going to play golf. We have time for what we make time for. All right, everyone, I'm usually not this nice, but this is Wednesday night, and it's cold outside, and you guys are awesome, so I'm going to be nice tonight. Everybody pull your toes in. Pull them in because I'm fixing to walk by. If you don't want them stopped on, I'm giving you an opportunity to pull them in because this one might hurt a little. What we are willing to trade our time for reveals what is most important to us. Time is more valuable than money today. People will write you a check. Just, you know. I can get people in the church to write me a check. Get them to do something else is sometimes a whole lot harder. What we're willing to trade our time for reveals what's most important to us. If we're not willing to trade our time for something, then whatever we are unwilling to trade our time for is not really that important to us. Because if it were that important to us, we would make time for it because we make time for what we really want to do. I warned you, it was going to sting a little. Let me, let me suggest that time and prayer will not come easy. Spending time in prayer will not come easy because we have so many things pulling on us for our time. Work, family, friends, church, hobbies, school activities, sports, 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 sports. Did I say sports? If you don't make prayer a priority, you simply will not pray. And let me help you out a little bit. Because I'm not known to be, you know, all that spiritual. So let me help you out a little bit. Don't let the fact that you can't pray an hour keep you from prayer. Would it be good for you to pray an hour? Absolutely. But before you can pray an hour, you'll first have to learn how to pray five minutes. And better to pray five minutes on a consistent basis than to give up and say, well, I can't pray an hour a day, so I just won't try at all. Let me just tell you that if you'll use the outline or the guideline for prayer when you pray that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, you won't have any problem at all praying for an extended period of time. I'm going to tell you that there are times when I'm in my extended prayer time that I don't want to quit praying the first part of the prayer, which is praise. Now, sometimes it's not that way. It's not always that way. Sometimes it's dry and corn shucks. (laughs) Come on. Be honest. 
Remember the outline or the guideline for prayer that Jesus gave? He said, when you pray, Jesus said, pray like this. He said, pray. He said, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, when you pray, begin your prayer time with praise. Just like we did tonight with some great praise time. Well, we're not going to have these guys follow, you know, along behind us and do that for us. But, you know, in today's technology, you got it right there on your phone. Right? Or you don't need the band, man. There's nobody around, man. Just get at it. Just play Braden, you know. I mean, get at it. (laughs) Get out, man. Get out. Amen. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's not saying say these words. He's saying begin your prayer time praising me. Tell him how great he is, how awesome he is, how marvelous he is. Begin to start thanking him for his many blessings. Just start naming them one by one by one by one. You can't pray five minutes. I can't even get through praise in five minutes. And then go from there. Jesus said after you've done that, then he says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say, pray these words, give us this day or day. He's saying, he's saying now that you've praised me, now it's okay for you to petition me. So bring your needs, bring your burdens, bring your cares, bring your problems, bring your day-by-day needs to me in prayer and ask me for what I can do for you and what you need me to do for you. And then after you've had time of praise, a time of petition, then go into to penitence and uh, 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 Better word for you would be repentance, but it doesn't start with a P. So, uh, but it repentance. Amen. He says, "Pray, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive our those who trespass against us." Or spend that time asking Him to cleanse you and wash you. I don't know what you think of me, but you know, some people think you know he's the pastor. You know, he's Mister Holy. I want to tell you, every day, every day, I ask God to wash me in His blood. Every day I ask God to forgive me of my sins. Not that I don't believe in God's grace or whatever, but you know, I'm a rascal. And so are you. So are you. And it's not always what we say or do, but many times it's right up here. Many times it's in our attitude. Jesus said, when you pray, don't forget to repent. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And after you've done that a while, then pray, pray protection. He said, pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray protection. Every time I have my extended prayer time, I pray a, I pray a hedge of protection around my family, and my stuff. Yeah. Pray a pr- I pray for God's provision and God's protection for every one of my family members. Every day, almost. And pray a hedge of protection and plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. Amen. How many of you like good investments? 
I'm not selling Amway. It's okay. How many of you like? We're going to be drawing circles after church. You like good investments? Let me suggest tonight that prayer is a great investment. Prayer is like tithing. Tithing. Here's how tithing goes. 90% of my income, because I've given the first 10% to God, so it leaves me with 90%. 90% of my income, with God's blessing, goes farther than 100% of my income without God's blessing. Prayer is just like tithing prayer. My time invested in prayer will produce much more than if I had spent that time in something else. Oh, I'm too busy to pray. No, you're too busy not to pray. You know, there have been times when I've kind of been under a time crunch and for whatever reason, either I've mismanaged my time or I've had too many crises through the week or whatever and I'm on a time crunch, man, and I don't have my sermon for Sunday, man, and it's coming, man, and I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta get it, man, I gotta get it, man. And there have been times when I have, when I have been tempted and even times when I have fallen to that temptation to just go in there and just start trying to write something, man. And nothing And I said, I'm sorry, God. Forgive me for trying to skip the most important process. And so even though I'm under a time crunch, don't know how in the world I'm going to get it there, I stop it, have my prayer time. And invariably, when I walk back in and I sit down in front of my, in, uh, my desk, wow, it just starts flowing. It starts coming. It starts coming. It starts coming. I promise you, you're not wasting time with prayer. I promise you, there's nothing more effective than prayer. I promise you that no matter whatever else you might would be doing with that time, it cannot equal. The results will never equal the time you would have that you should have used in prayer. I think I garbled that up, but did you get that? <laughs> I think that was tongues or something. All right, we've got to move on. I, I need to be done here. I need to be done. Number four, the prophet. Let's talk about the prophet. What does prayer profit us? Does prayer really do any good? Does it change anything, really? What do we get out of it anyway? Let me suggest two things. Number one, in prayer, we get his presence. His presence. Luke chapter 12 and verse 32 says, It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I just don't want to bother God. I just don't know if God wants to do anything for me or not. No, no, no. Jesus said it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. James 4 and 2 says, you don't have what you need because you don't ask God for it. I like James. He's kind of like me. He just got dried. 
Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. May I suggest that God has a storehouse filled with supplies to meet all of our needs. May I also suggest prayer is the order form that gets the process going, that moves the supply out of God's storehouse and into our lives. Love the story of Alexander the Great. Told it many times. Tell it again. I love it. One day his uh, treasurer came to him and, and said, Sir, we have a request here. And I don't know what to do about it because of the enormous amount. We have never had a request anywhere near this large. Alexander the Great thought about it for a moment. And then he responded to his treasurer by saying, Honor the request. Give him what he has asked for. He has treated me like a king in his asking. I will be like a king in my giving. I wonder if God is sometimes insulted by our meager requests. Do we treat him as the God of abundant supply or as the God of barely get by? I'm not promoting selfishness, not promoting greed. What I'm saying is that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or we could ever think. I'm saying that I believe we need to raise our level of expectation And believe God for more. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, be it unto you. Is that my cue? (laughs) I need one. Not only does prayer profit us with his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, But also with his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Prayer produces his presence. If God never did do anything for us, just his presence alone would be worth the time and the effort spent in prayer. James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. I love the story of the old couple that were driving along in the car, and they begin to reminisce and talk about their marriage. And in the course of the conversation, the wife said to her husband, Look at us. Look at us, she said. I can remember a time... When we sat side by side, I mean, you couldn't even see, but we were so smushed, so close together. And now there you are way over there, and here I am way over here. 
the old gentleman looked over at his wife and he said, who moved? She said, what? He said, who moved? He said, I am still sitting in the same place I have always sat. It is you that have moved. Do you remember a time when you were, had such an intimate, incredible relationship with God? You were so close to God. But today he seems so far away. But God would say to us today, who moved? I'm still at the place I have always. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. I just get four pages. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. I got to say this one more time. I love, I love one of the verses I use Sunday. It's just Luke 9 and 29 says, And as He prayed, Jesus, as He prayed, as He prayed, As he prayed, the appearance of his face altered. Friend, if we get in God's presence in prayer, it will alter us. It will change us. It will transform us. Can you stand one more story? You better because you're getting it. One other story I love is the story of the evangelist in Pasadena, California. Before service one night, a lady came up to him and said, I know where you've been today. He thought, how in the world does she know where I've been? Has she been following me? Do I have a stalker on my hands? She continued, I know Where you've been today, you have visited one of our famous rose gardens. I can tell because the fragrance of the rose is still upon you. What fragrance? Do we carry? Can people tell that we have been in the presence of God because the aroma of the Holy Spirit? The glory of the Lord. Has anyone ever said, I know where you've been today? I can tell. Because of the fragrance. I can tell because your face is altered. I didn't plan on taking this much time tonight, but I believe we're in the will of the Lord. Challenge 2014. 
challenge of prayer. The challenge of prayer. Our attitude will change when we pray. The measure of our faith will change when we pray. The outcome of our life will change when we pray. How many of you are ready to pray? Will you accept the prayer challenge? Will you?